You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Anissa Foles. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Fergie Philippe. Hi, I'm Eliza Oman. Hola, soy Florencia Cuenca. Y yo soy Jaime Lozano. Hi, this is El Morgan Lee. It's Alex Brightman from Broadway and beyond. Hi, this is Joe Iconis. And this is Lauren Marcus. Y estás escuchando. escuchando. And you're listening to B-Way Show. B-Way Show. B-Way Show. The podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome to B-Way Show, the podcast. Your home for theater conversations from a passionate Broadway fan and reporter. I'm your host, Shoshana, and I want to start off by emphasizing Black Lives Matter, period. The show must go on. It's show time. Get it? <laughs> because I'm Beetlejuice and she's show. Anyway, B-Way show time. You know, the whole being a podcaster thing. Listen. Or else. This week's guest is Suni. Suni is best known for being in the Broadway, Chicago, and upcoming LA companies of Hamilton, as well as the creator of Aunties, an LA based cafe centered around community and culture. In Suni's own words, Aunties will be more than just the only coffee shop slash cafe of its kind. It will be a space that celebrates black artists, black writers, and black musicians. It will be a space that is equipped to grow with me as my community grows. End quote. When this interview was conducted, the business name was Zuni's Cafe and has since been updated to Aunties. And you can find their GoFundMe link in today's show notes. Here's our conversation from July 8th, recorded for my live YouTube series, The Show Must Go On, Line. Enjoy. We are live. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming on The Show Must Go On, Line. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I've been following your Insta stories and everything throughout quarantine, and of course, way before that through your run of Hamilton. So it's really cool to actually like sit down and chat with you from our respective living rooms. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. How have you been doing? This has been some crazy times, some ups and downs. And, you know, I've been really inspired by the way that you've been speaking out. Uh, it's such a weighted question. <laughs> How are you doing this time? Um, but quite today I'm feeling good. Today I'm feeling okay. You know, I've just been trying to take everything in waves. Uh, I feel like I've been on a personal journey, a spiritual journey, a, a journey in my relationship. I've just been, quarantine has really brought up a lot of things, emotionally, professionally, personally, all those things. So it's just been trying to take everything one step at a time, one day at a time, and holding on to my my faith, holding on to the hope that, you know, my community provides me, my family provides me, just just trying to hold on at this point. You know? It's everything feels very uncertain. But at the same time, I I, I feel good today. <laughs> and that's good. What I'm for. Well, I'm, I'm happy that today is feeling like a good day. I certainly understand that there have been the waves as I was saying. And today, the sun is shining, which like, Sometimes just having nice weather can really help the spirits. Baby, absolutely. And I, I just moved to California in early March. So we yeah. moved here March 5th. And that was like the week before the pandemic shut pretty much everything mm -hmm. down. Um, but that's, that has really been getting me together. This L.A. sun is very, very different. I am 
an East Coast person through and through. I was born in Philadelphia and went to college in New York City and kind of stayed there for a few years after college. So this is my first time on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like looking out the window, looking at the sky. I'm like, it's everything here. The weather is the weather is really all this all that people talk it up to be. Truly. Amazing. Yeah. So let's deep dive into some of your work and how that's now transitioned into creating Zuni's Cafe. So let's let's start from the very beginning, a very yeah. good place to start. What's your origin story? What got you inspired to be in musicals? Uh, hmm. I, I actually started performing at a very young age. I remember as early as preschool being so excited for like the class performance and, and, you know, in, in elementary school, making up dances with my cousins in the basement at family functions and performing them for the family at the end of the night. Like, I feel like for as, for as long as I can remember, I've been a performer. But I did, it wasn't until middle school that I really got into musical theater. Um, I started doing, what was the first like musical? I think it was Les Mis in the sixth grade. I was in the what? Band. Yes, that was like the first like musical theater musical that I was in. Um, all the other ones were like, you know, the class plays that have random themes. Like I was on a lily pad and I was like a frog and we sang this song called Dear Parents. That was first grade. So the real, like the real... Musical theater work started when I was in sixth grade in the chain gang of, of Les Mis. And then the next year we did uh, Grease, and I quit that after a few weeks. I didn't like that. <laughs> then yeah. The following year, I was in eighth grade, and we did Annie. And I got cast as Bert Healy, and I got to sing You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile. Um, hey. And that was, that was the year that my... Um, the music director of that program actually pulled me aside and pulled my mom aside after the show one day and was like, hey, Sean is really talented. We should get them set up to go to college for musical theater. And that was the first time that anybody had ever talked about college in that way. So it wasn't until that that teacher, Lachelle Vaughn, she's still a dear friend, he started giving me voice lessons and like kind of nurturing me and, and steering me to go to school for musical theater. So that kind of set me up. And then I found Broadway Dreams Foundation in high school, which like really gave me the the training that I needed as a young person. And then Broadway Dreams Foundation led me to Pace University because there were some, uh, the director of my program and the director of Broadway Dreams Foundation had a relationship. So they were able to, you know, talk about me as a young person and, and like Annette Tanner, who was in charge of uh, Broadway Dreams Foundation. Mm-hmm showed my video or something to Amy Rogers and was like, oh my goodness, you'll, you'll be so excited to see this person. And I remember like going into a, a meet and greet with Amy Rogers at Broadway Dreams Foundation. So it's kind of just been like every step of the way, there's been some fierce woman who's yes. seen my work and been like, go, go, go. And then I went to, I ended up going to school for musical theater in New York City. And that ended in 2017. I showcased, uh, and at, from the senior showcase, I got my audition for Hamilton. Then I auditioned and callbacks and all that stuff for Hamilton happened for about four months or so. And so I showcased in May of 2017 and I started with Hamilton in October of 2017. So that's kind of like the the spark notes version of how <laughs> I got <laughs> to where I am in musical theater. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a heck of a ride. And I'm, I'm like... Although I am starting this new venture in, in opening Zuni's Cafe, in no way am I abandoning my work in the theater. It's just, it is 
it's a new vision. It's a new dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love hearing the origin stories because sometimes there was that spark, you know, sometimes there was something or a teacher and that's like why teachers are so important and why the arts are so important because you can, you can find the the connections and what, what speaks to you and, and uh, that's amazing. So speaking of Hamilton, we got to talk a little bit about your career because it is crazy. Hamilton Broadway, Chicago, then going to LA, like you said, and then the shutdown happened. I was speaking with Ian Weinberger yesterday, and Ian was saying when he was training you, when when you were in the room where it happens, that you just you just picked it up. Ian's like, oh, they were just amazing. Like anytime I would give a note, you would just take a moment, you would place it. Actually, this one thing Ian said was that he was teaching you Mulligan and he said something like, oh, when when Mulligan goes in this journey, it's a man six role. And you're yeah. like, that's lit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds like me. <laughs> I, I will say it's, it's interesting that Ian had that experience of me in those rooms because my experience was like, I felt like such a little kid in those. It was just Ian and I and like, He was teaching me a lot of that music, just me and him around a piano. And I was on the other side of that piano just being like, I hope I get this right. Uh, But I I came in with a pretty good understanding of the music because I was a fan. You know, Mm -hmm. I was a Hamilton fan before I became somebody that was like in it. Before I before I became a part of the company, I was a fan. I was in I was a junior in college when the show came out. I was I just gotten back from a pretty tumultuous theater experience in Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, it was like my first professional contract. Uh, not my first professional contract, but my first like regional theater thing. It was the first mm-hmm. time I was flying somewhere to do a show. Uh, and I got back and I was just like, I had pneumonia that summer. It was like a really hard mm-hmm. summer. And I got back and I think it was like the first week I got back, my girlfriend from that contract calls me and goes, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, mm, nothing. I just got out of class. And she was like, okay, well, can you meet me at the Richard Rogers at seven? And I was like, oh, okay. She was like, we're seeing Hamilton for, and I won the, I won the lottery. So it's just, I was like, oh, okay, let's hit it. <laughs> so I, I was, that experience for me, seeing Hamilton as a junior in college kind of like pushed me forward to get to my senior showcase. Cause I was like, wait, there's work for me. Like there is a show that I could totally be in. Um, and also just like seeing black folks on a stage in that way and like oh my god it was just exhilarating it was so cool to be able to like watch them on a stage and then just a few years later be on that stage was a very wild experience and then get to you know travel with the company too like you said I while I was on Broadway I traveled to Charlotte North Carolina to be a standby for just a week for Burr. After it was right after I learned Burr and debuted Burr, they were just like, "Hey, we need coverage in Charlotte. Can you go?" And I just was like, "Sure, let's." Yeah. <laughs> I just flew to Charlotte and was on the Philip tour for a week. And then wow. uh, I had gotten so tired of being in, in New York because I went to college in New York. I was just like, "This space is hard. New York City. I'm on Broadway and I love my job." To a, to a certain extent, there were some things I was like, okay, I can get out of here. But <laughs> as far as New York City is concerned, I was ready to go. I was like, mm, it's time. I've been here for college. I made my Broadway debut. I feel great. 
time to do. It's like, I feel like I accomplished what I came here for. So I went to them and was like, hey, since you sent me to Charlotte, like, can I go somewhere else? <laughs> like, is it possible to like, go to a different company? And I remember kind of the response was like, are you sure? Like, you're on Broadway. <laughs> you don't want to stay? And I was just like, I'm ready to go. Like, I just, I was, I wanted something new. I wanted to experience something else. And a couple of weeks later, they were like, hey, we have this opening in Chicago. Do you want to go? And I was just like, sure. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's go. Well, my partner was like, hey, this is the thing. Like, what's going to Like, what's up? <laughs> and that was a personal, it was a huge personal choice too. Like, I had to like pick up my whole life and move to Chicago. And that was also something that was so exciting. And I found so much of all, all the things, so much of what I was looking for, I found in Chicago. I was looking for a community. I was looking for, you know, a fresh start. I wanted to, there was some personal work that I wanted to do that I felt like I couldn't get done in, in, in New York. So New York, I mean, so Chicago was a really great like escape. And then kind of when that, when Chicago was closing, I was, I was on a leave of absence, actually, from Broadway. I was supposed to go back to the Broadway company this January. But when they were closing Chicago, I was like, okay, well, we had found out that they were they were opening L.A. And I was like, hmm, I'm not really ready to go back to New York yet. <laughs> so then I shot, I shot another email. I was like, hey, what would happen to L.A.? <laughs> so it really has been this thing of like, I'll always be grateful for this company for being so flexible and malleable as far as like listening to like my, my, my request. <laughs> like I, I just went to them and was like, Hey, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? And they were like, sure. There's a space here. There's a space here. Um, so they've been really up until honestly, you know, all the stuff that went on with black lives matter and their, you know, their lack of response up until that I was feeling so grateful to be working for a company that was really listening to my needs and and yeah. and and allowing me to travel country as a as a young black performer it was it's been it's been really magical to say the least mm-hmm. like, to travel with this company and sing this 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 music and and do this work it's been it's been a it's been a ride <laughs> i'm so happy to hear that you had that experience while you were in the show because it's so crazy to think that someone could learn one role on Broadway or in a in a show, two, three, four. Like the fact that you knew all of the principles and ensemble, like I can't with you. I just how I was, you know, I was just I was actually just talking to my partner about this this morning because there, I exist in such a less on edge place now mm-hmm. because of quarantine because. I haven't been, you know, I don't have like four roles at the behind my eyes, just like waiting to jump out. I didn't realize how much stress I was living under just being, being an understudy in that show. You know, I didn't under, I didn't, I was just doing it. I was just kind of coping. I was just making it happen. And I just did not understand until more recently that I'm like, oh, I don't wake up as stressed as I used to just because it's a very stressful job, you know, to have to memorize, like, forget about memorizing it, right? That's one part of the role. That's one part of being an understudy. You get to the spot and they're like, okay, you have to learn these roles. And that was a muscle and a, and a skill that I had to learn how to do because sure, I took a dance styles class in, in college that taught us how to, you know, track through a show. Sarah Bryans was my teacher's name. 
She was stunning. She came in and she was like, this is how you make a track sheet. This is how you memorize multiple roles. This is how you do it. And sure, that was helpful, but it is a completely different thing for me to learn something in a classroom and translate it to real life. That for me was a skill that I was like, oh, okay, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> like, So that's why hearing Ian be like, took all the notes. I was in that room like, just stressed. <laughs> so it is, it's cool to hear that, you know, I was doing something right because learning the roles and learning the work was one phase. And then the other phase that I moved into was like, okay, I'm comfortable, but how comfortable can I ever really get knowing that I could at the drop of a dime have to play any role? And in Chicago, I really, I re- they really worked me out in Chicago. I was in there like jumping from track to track. I, th- at one point, I ended up playing Lafayette and then Mulligan. In Lafayette? So I played Lafayette during the matinee and then Mulligan for the night show. And I remember I was in a yoga class in between shows and I got the text that said, hey, you're on for Mulligan tonight. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and I just had to like jump in and do it. And it's like you were saying, it, it, it's one thing to learn one role, right? Like it's one thing to lead a Broadway musical, but I didn't just lead a Broadway musical in one role. They had, I, I was Burr sometimes. I was Washington sometimes. Like that, I will never get over that experience. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And if, and if and when we get back to do it in LA, like I, I will have to figure it out, you know? So that's why right now during quarantine, when I say I'm good, <laughs> I'm actually good. Like I am in a very fortunate place. I am able to put unemployment. I have a safe home. I have a safe part. Like we are, my partnership is safe. Like I have the support that I need. So I'm in a very fortunate place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if and when, you know, we get back on this, on the stage, like, I'll, I'll figure it out again. <laughs> I'll pull my bootstraps back up and I'll make it happen. But I'm I'm excited that I can, you know, indulge in my in my youth right now, not have to, you know, keep keep on edge in that way. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm so happy to hear that the stress levels have gone down because being in a stressed out place, like I have really bad anxiety and I feel the same way that sometimes right now, just taking a moment to take a break and get away from it. (laughs) And I want to give a shout out. I see my friends, Lisa and Cindy all saying, hey, and they're commenting and Andy and Cindy saw you as Burr on Broadway right before you left for Chicago. And then Lisa and I saw you and Andy, I believe, uh, saw you as Mulligan Madison in Chicago. Right. So was that for one last chai? Uh, I don't think it, I wasn't on in the last show. I actually got to sit in the house and watch the last show. Oh. Was Maybe one. for the Hamilton when we went over for the yeah. Hamilton exhibition. Yeah. Yes, because there were a bunch of you. Right. And there was like a big yeah. group and I came down into the house after the show. And that was so lovely. Together. Yeah, that's where the photos from. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Beautiful. Of course. Of course. That's like one of my favorite parts, doing the stage door and getting to bring people up on the stage, like getting to share the experience with people who also are like really giddy about the Hamilton thing. Just like, that was one of the best parts. Yay. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to hear that. So I would be remiss to not talk about uh, more the Hamilton Black Lives Matter response, because that first weekend right after George Floyd was murdered, There were a lot of different levels of responses individually through companies and 
messages that were either really good, nothing, or like meh. And you were on it. You were on Hamilton. And I want to hear it from your point of view. Yeah, uh, it was, I didn't realize there was a problem until I started seeing so many other companies say something. And, you know, it wasn't, it was kind of like a, a very intimate internal conversation with myself that I was having. And then I started talking to my other friends who, who were in the show before, who are in the show now. And there was a shared kind of uh, confusion and disappointment that I was just like, I just started looking around at all of us having these conversations in private and being like, okay, let's get it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what happened. I just, I was so frustrated because I had mm-hmm. seen Lululemon. I worked for Lululemon before. I worked for Lululemon. It was like my my college hustle. And mm-hmm. to see that, that company who, you know, doesn't necessarily position themselves in the center of any type of com- conversation about diversity or inclusion, they made a statement about it, about, about the situation in support of Black Lives Matter. To me, when I sat down and really thought like, damn, this is a company that has positioned itself in the center of this diversity and inclusion conversation in the Broadway world. They've, they've, they've hired Black folks. They've put Black folks on a pedestal. They've, they've given so much opportunity to Black folks. And I feel like it was, they really missed the mark when it came to supporting Black folks. Not to say that they've ever claimed like this is a black show, but they've they've said like in interviews with creatives, with you know, um, with interviews from past actors, that there's this energy and there's this there's this dialogue that centers black folks and people of yeah. color too. Like not to not I don't want to mix those and say that that's the right. same, but they've talked about showcasing America today and when. Something in America is going on as big as, you know, we're talking about a pandemic of, of a virus, but what's the pandemic for Black lives? You know, like Black people have been mutilated in this country over and over and over again. And to me, if we're going to, if we're going to, you know, sit on a stage and, and glorify Black performers, what happens to those Black performers once they leave the stage door? Is it just like, oh, well, you just sit for yourself? That's kind of what, that's the messaging that I was receiving. Mm-hmm. So that's what it felt like. That's why I was so passionate about, you know, holding Hamilton accountable. Hamilton, the institution. Not Hamilton, my my friends. Not Hamilton, my directors. Not Ian Weinberg. Not those people individually. To me, it's about holding corporations and institutions accountable. And it doesn't matter if I if I collect a paycheck from them. It doesn't matter if I work for them. It's just like if I was working for Lululemon, it would have been the same thing. Is yeah. what I is the point that I am getting across. It's not anybody can catch it. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, yeah. I have been I've been in institutions at Pace University. I was speaking up in Herod at Herod High School. I was speaking up at Welsh Valley Middle School. I was speaking up. This is not something new to me when something if I am a part of a brand if I'm a part of a company I want those those values and their ethics to match my own and the minute that I feel like if there's a little bit of a discrepancy it doesn't it's not aligning the right way I either have to detach myself completely or I have to speak up about it that's just how I'm so that's really my that's my take on everything that happened 
I was very vocal about being like, damn, I don't know if I can ever go back on that stage again. I, re- I was vocal about that. I said that in the post. And that was very vulnerable for me to share like that on, in a public space. But that's really how I was feeling. You know, now I'm in a place of like, sure, there's some work to be done, but I would, I would, <laughs> to say that I would let this experience, you know, take away from my love of performing, I don't know if I'm there quite yet. Do I know if I can put my morals and my ethics aside to get back on that stage? Unclear, but I did sign a contract. So there's so many, there's a big, there's a lot of conversations that I could have about this. But just to say, like, just to sum it up, I'm, I'm, will always be grateful for the experience that I've had. And hopefully we'll be able to get back on that stage. But, you know, who's to, no one, there's, there's so much that is uncertain in this time because of the pandemic and everything that I am, you know, focusing my energy on what I can focus on. And right now, Zuni's Cafe is what I'm focusing on. <laughs> um, yes. I'm very, I'm very grateful. I'm taking every day one step at a time and trying to figure out my own personal stuff and how that relates to my professional life and how that translates to my performing and everything. Amazing. And, and so well said. And thank you for, for sharing all that. With the few minutes that we have left, like a minute or two, can you just share yeah. why Zuni's Cafe came to you and what everyone can look forward to? Yes, it kind of came out of all this stuff that we're talking about, like about working for a company and and what is a company's values. And, you know, I've always dreamed of of creating a space for community. That dream Mm -hmm. has kind of evolved and shifted as I have evolved and shifted. I've dreamed of having a yoga studio. I've dreamed of opening some sort of apothecary. I've dreamed of opening just a community theater. You know, there's so many things that I've dreamed and at the center of them, it's been community. Um, mm-hmm. so this is just, this feels like a reiteration of that same community. This is very specific to coffee. This is a place where Zuni's Cafe would be a place where you, where you stop in and just grab your quality coffee, your, your grab and go. But once, once we, once you step in, you, I want you to see the black art on the walls. I want you to, to hear the R&B. I want you to hear the Al Green through the, through the radio. I want you to, I just want you to feel like you're at auntie's house, auntie Zuni's house. You know, I want it to feel like a true celebration of black culture. You know, I feel like we've seen so much exploitation of black culture. We've seen so much abuse of, of black people and, and we've seen the negligence of black people and I want to create a space where I can celebrate my culture and where other people can come in and, and be part of that too, whatever you are, you know? White folks love black culture. Everybody loves black culture. We would be, we would be, be lying if we said that folks don't love black culture. So I want it to be a space where you can come in and really take part and celebrate. Yeah, that's Zuni's Cafe. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I know I am not alone in saying we cannot wait to see what comes next. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. You. And, and thank you. Thank you for coming on today and sharing so much. Thank you for creating Zuni's Cafe. I've listed um, the link below that you can donate to everyone. So please donate below. I love seeing all of your, your twerkathons and whatnot. Yay. We will stay tuned for all of that. Take care. Thank y'all so much for watching. And thank you for coming on. It was amazing chatting with you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. And hello. I'm just going to chat for one more minute here. Thank you for tuning in. It was amazing to be able to chat with Sean. We've been going back and forth about the best day. And this was just like a true honor to get to talk about some of these really important issues 
And I think it's good not to shy away from some things that make us uncomfortable. And Sean's been helping with that. So thank you. And I also wanted to say that the show must go online continues throughout quarantine. Tomorrow, some of my fellow Broadway Makers Alliance members will be joining me. So stay tuned for that. And then Chelsea Hill, who designed my B-Way show logo and so many more things that just you wait. It will be amazing to chat with her on Friday. Saturday is Peter Spencer, my English friend who works for the BBC. So that's amazing. And then we've got Freestyle Love Supreme Cream Cream week coming up. What? We're starting actually all the way down in Town with Joelle Blackman, who is just a fabulous fate in Town. Then we've got Freestyle Love Supreme, Anissa Folds, Bill Sherman, and Andrew Jelly Donut Bancroft. So stay tuned for all of that. You can find the whole list of dates and everything on bwayshow.com. You can find me at bwayshow on everything, and that's B-W-A-Y-S-H-O. And in case if you haven't yet, please subscribe to B-Way Show YouTube. And if you like what you're seeing and you want to be a part of this cool Showtreon community, you can head over to patreon.com slash bwayshow. We have monthly video chats. We have weekly trivia and so much more. It's so much fun. And I appreciate all of the support. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for commenting. I love, love, love it. And yes, everyone's saying hello and how much they they miss Hamilton. And thank you once again for being that person that really loved chatting with all of the fans because we love having someone, a spy on the inside, if you will, who's also so passionate about connecting the community. And it is all about community, isn't it? After all, it's all about community. That's all I have to say. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Be safe. Black Lives Matter. Black trans lives matter. See you at the show. Thanks for listening to the 13th episode of B-Way Show, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so you can be a spy on the inside for future episodes. We're celebrating the legacy of Hamilton, Chicago this week on their anniversary of closing One Last Chai. To see SUNY and the company take their final bows at the CIBC Theater, head over to bwayshow.com. Plus, if you'd like to support aunties, you can find the link to their GoFundMe page in the show notes. Thanks as always to Kyle Braxton, aka Geddon, for these awesome beats, Jelani Remy for the beautiful intro riff, Alex Brightman for the Showtime promo, Chelsea Hill, aka Illustrating Diva, for the cool cover art, and all of the wonderful guests. If this was your jam, you can become a Showtreon. Head over to patreon.com slash bwayshow. We do weekly trivia and monthly video chats. It's a fun time. Come check it out. We don't know the future of live theater or when Broadway will be back, but we do know it's on all of us to get through this pandemic. Wear a mask, be safe, and let's take care of ourselves. We'll see you at the show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.